0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Second Baptist Lubbock Podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, always want to remind you that uh, if you ever are in the uh, Lubbock, Texas area, please come by and visit us one Sunday morning. Uh, We have two beautiful traditional worship services at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. every Sunday as well as Discipleship Bible Study at 9.30 a.m. Uh, you can learn more about us and our worship and Bible study classes and more at our website at secondb.org. And also, don't forget to check out our social pages and like us as well at uh, our uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Vimeo, all at L B K. Again, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Pastor Jake has an awesome sermon coming up. It's uh, entitled, About a Dog, and we are going to be covering our psalm reading for today, which was Psalm 65, and our gospel reading, which was Luke 18, 9 through 14. Now, uh, let's uh, listen to Pastor Jake.
1: (coughs) I'd like to thank you for joining us for worship. Your presence, your smile, uh, your song, uh, you are a primary way that I know that Christ is risen, that Christ is here, and we're grateful. We're grateful for you. If there's any way particularly that we can partner with you in prayer or follow up in any way, I invite you to use the cards as they're available uh, in front of you, and you place them in the offering basket as it comes by in just a little bit. Uh, That prayer, I think, uh, uh, Jesus' prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I think in a a world of new and shiny things, and I like new and shiny things, in a world of new and shiny things, sometimes it is that which is old, that which is ancient, which can be uh, that which is also lasting grateful for Lucy's voice in reading our, our scripture uh, wonderful the uh, psalm that you read it began with this note that I, that I, I confess it can be a difficult one and the psalm says is celebrating answered prayer and certainly there is much to give thanks for particularly the euphoria of what it can be like when when prayer feels as though it has been answered and yet, I think uh, one of the foundations of this church, one of the tremendous opportunities and privileges and responsibilities that we have is to be with one another, particularly in the face of unanswered prayer. So it it, it can be difficult that the psalmist begins this way, celebrating answered prayer, when it seems even at times that we live in a world that you might characterize as unanswered prayer. And and I think Jesus picks up on this dichotomy here in in, in this parable, suggesting that the one, the, the religious one who offers a very well thought out prayer, at least in some regard, that prayer goes unheard, unanswered. And yet there is the chief executive non-smoker at Philip Morris, and his prayer seems to go heard, answered. This is a, a dynamic tension, one that I think we do well as a community to hold space, uh, to, to commit to one another, particularly in the face of unanswered prayer. Now, generally speaking, as a pastor, you probably don't want to air other people's laundry in front of the congregation. Well, there are people in this room who have told me their best prayers happen on a golf course. <laughs> Now, let me tell you, what I do on the golf course is the opposite of prayer. (laughs) And yesterday morning, just there in this very room, the Watt family poured the ashes of Ardell and Hardy Clemens together. We walked into the columbarium and with prayer and song laid our late pastor and his bride to rest in a beautiful, wonderful place just out here. Hardy and Ardell are, they're Psalm 1 kind of people, oak trees of faith. But I'm told, Hardy told a lot of sermon illustrations about playing golf. And I will never do that to you. It's interesting. This is a reality, however. We read here, even with the tax collector's uh, prayer, who stands at a distance, sort of in this humble posture. Both of the words for worship in our New Testament connote a physical act. Bo- both of the words for worship in, 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 in our Gospels are speaking of something Physical. Now, we may hold our hands or close our eyes and bow our heads. The, the, this is in part why we do these physical things. It's because prayer, can, this spiritual experience, connects us with the body. I think proclaiming that Christ is the incarnate one, the, the word and flesh having come together... And, and 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 I think one of the great tragedies of post enlightenment thinking, one of the great tragedies possibly of modernity, is suggest that what you do physically is not prayer. And, and, and I think breathing, that great necessary act, is a is a wonderful uh, a welcome and a metronome uh, to prayer. And for my wife, uh, there is prayer that happens in the kitchen. Thanks be to God. And and, and I have been on runs that I can only describe as, as prayerful. And the, and the tragedy is that uh, this is not celebrated as normative practice. And I have been on runs that are the opposite of prayer as well. And so sometimes uh, we, it, it can help us physically to set an intention, that this physical act, whatever it may be, a quilting, writing, painting, whatever that sport is that we were talking about, to set an intention, this can help us experience prayer, and yet also sometimes it happens. There is, there is, a, there is a physicality uh, to, this, to this prayer uh, thing. And I would, I would just like to encourage you, where you are and how you are and what you do, whether it's work related, hobby related, personal, may that be a prayer practice for you? I think this is in part what Scripture is talking about when it says, "Pray continually. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote most of this sermon. now he's he's in good shape, okay? Everything is fine. But on Monday, I spent most of the day in the parking lot at the pet hospital. Our dog needed some care. He's in great shape. But because I was at the vet, uh, the last part of the sermon will be related to puppy dogs. And if you're a cat person, we pray for your soul. (laughs) And this is an inclusive community, but um, you're in for a treat. All right, thank you, Larry. I mean, Larry and Mark, I mean, what you all do, I mean, that is a prayer. What you do on the bench is a prayer. So there, there's a concept in math known as set theory. And uh, it, it's how, how, how you uh, evaluate a, a group of uh, a data. And, and I think the best way uh, uh, to illustrate uh, set theory is through the two types of dogs that exist in the universe. There are only two types. There are farm dogs, and there are city dogs. Now, we have a very spoiled city dog. And this, is a, uh, this is a theory that I think can be applied to church and faith uh, endlessly, and I have found it terribly helpful. Deb Hirsch in Portland is the one who is doing this work scholarly and spiritually. But, uh, but, but, but look, 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 this is a city dog. Okay. And the thing about city dogs is they have fences or they should <laughs> and your neighbors don't so much of a city dog's life is directed at the boundary. Okay? And so for, for much of a city dog's life and for some of a city dog's life it's like what is on the other side of the boundary. And again, I think this applies deeply to spirituality. Elsa and I think this applies to parenting. Um, what is on the, and, and finally, you know, every now and then, right, the city dog glimpses what might be out there. And yet, the farm dog doesn't have a boundary. The farm dog does not have a fence saying, this is that which you cannot go beyond. Whereas the the city dog exists in mathematically known as a bounded set, the farm dog is in what's known mathematically as a centered set. The farm dog can go all the way as far as he or she wants in any direction knowing knowing that at a certain point, he or she will head back home. They, they can go all the way to the horizon, knowing that at the end of the day, they can find rest and shelter and food and water on the back porch. This, I, I think this is what prayer does at its best. It calls us back to where we know we can find shelter, rest, food, and water. As you take off from here, as you take off tomorrow morning, you can go in any direction you want to go. What an amazing gift it is to be alive. You go, girl. You do your thing. And may it be... Maybe even a prayer as simple as the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Some sort of simple physical experience that beckons you back. And and I think when, when when we're called back through these physical experiences, through these simple prayers... I think then and there on the back porch, maybe, we might join with the psalmist who celebrates. Yeah, our prayers have been answered. Thanks be to God.
0: Thanks be to God, indeed. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on our Second Baptist Lubbock podcast. Again, as always, please remember you are ever here in Lubbock to uh, stop by and give us a visit. Uh, we are right here at Chicago Avenue and the South Loop in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, our worship times are eight thirty a.m. and 10 45 a.m. Sunday mornings, and you can also find out more about us at secondb.org. Again, thank you so much for joining us this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week.